good to see you here today. Some of you, of you I made contact with yesterday, and I'm glad that you, you're here and you're with us to worship God. Um, some have been away from us for a while, and we're glad to see you with us. We, we did not have the time to name everybody. We're glad to have our visitors that's here, maybe for the first time. And we uh, pray that you um, understand that uh, we're just trying to do God's will. We're going to preach the, the gospel as best we know it from the Word of God. And we pray that you'll want to come back and be with us. A couple things we do need to say. Uh, yes, Robert Alexander, brother in Christ, will be with us next week to speak. Danny and I and Tim, uh, Timothy, my grandson, I mean, my son-in-law, uh, we are uh, engaged in looking for a preacher. And uh, Timothy's in doing the electronic part for us. Uh, he's uh, monitoring our website and anyone that shows an interest, he passes on to us, and then we will pass this on to the other elders. But um, the brother Alexander will be here, and uh, he's a young man, uh, fairly young. He's young to me, uh, but uh, has some small children, and so he's going to come and speak. He's going to do the class, do the morning worship and the evening worship, so he will be with us all day. So we hope that you'll come back and be with us and listen to him. And let us know, uh, these men that we have in, to speak uh, your feelings, your understanding of what you, you, you see in them. We also all want to say something uh, to, about our preschool. We had a, another graduation. We talk about you all, and this is great. Well, we had some little ones that graduated. I believe six in all. Is that right, Linda? Linda has done an excellent job uh, leading the school, Sister Linda Merrick. And Brother Willie is just uh, a great sidekick to her. He does a lot for her. And I want to say that Michael did an excellent video uh, production of this uh, couple years that these kids were in the preschool. Next year, I hope that more of our congregation will come and watch this uh, graduation. It was very good. And we want to say thank you to her and to all those that are involved. She has some very good teachers also working with her. Uh, well, I guess my lesson could be titled, uh, Know What God Has Done For Us Through His Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, Matt spoke on love, I believe, was the first in Chad's... Uh, absence of his resignation, Matt, Matt spoke on love. Sammy followed that up with unity. Doug followed his that up with victory in Jesus. And then I believe uh, Wednesday night, Matt talked about Titus. And so, you know, these have been some good lessons, very good lessons. And sometimes we hear these things and we're like, uh, you know, it's very difficult to maybe... Uh, figure out why we ought to be really uh, doing God's will in our life. We know the Word says that, but I want to talk maybe a little bit about a different aspect of that. Uh, for the past eight years, we've had some very good lessons, so this will not measure up to 
these guys that have spoken or to Chad. And, um, but anyway, I, hopefully I can help a little bit today. Many of our young people, uh, well, many of our people, especially our young people, have become distracted from Christ and his kingdom over the few years that I've been here. And I actually have become a bit frustrated. And I question, um, are we doing something wrong? We seem sometimes to be spinning our spiritual wheels and going nowhere. I feel like if we lose one, we've lost everything. But we haven't. I know that. But your soul is that precious. The soul of everybody is that precious. Uh, you know, I've often thought, I wish there was a book, Tommy, in the New Testament that says, okay, this is what a typical Christian did in his daily life. I really do, because I get so caught up in doing the things that I think are important that I believe I'm leaving a lot of unimportant things undone. And I do know that, as my father-in-law just reminded me before I came up here, that when we die, we leave everything behind. Our cut lawn, you know, our washed cars, our clean homes, and our beautiful auditorium. Don't we have a beautiful auditorium? It's excellent. Excellent. We love it. But we do become so laden down in life that sometimes God is pushed to maybe just a few hours of the week when we come together. Acts said, do you remember in the book of Acts, from house to house daily they were doing this. That's when the church first began and they fellowshiped each other. And uh, I wondered, what did they do when they returned to their respective towns and villages? What was on their mind and how did that affect their lives, the things that they had heard in Jerusalem. Since we don't have it, then we have to set some priorities in our lives with God being the top. And so that, that's the difficult thing, isn't it? Making God the top. Have I made God the top today? That's what we should ask ourselves maybe at the end of the day. I've made, I've made God the top. In Romans 12, we're going to talk a little bit about some things it's said for us to do, and then we're going to try to, to, to say, uh, look at maybe a good reason why we really ought to do this. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and most of you probably know that, you know, by heart, uh, if you've been a Christian for very long. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. That means you give all. You're going to give all. Everything. You're going to give everything. Sacrifice everything to God. Holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. These weren't just words that Paul was putting down on there to make it sound good. If you really do an in-depth study of this, or if you just listen to it, it really says a lot to us. I want to say a little bit more about this, okay? Transform means to change completely in form, nature, such as a caterpillar changing to a butterfly. So when we make that transformation from not Christian to Christian, 
It should be a drastic, it may not be too drastic. You may be a good, very good person. But it will be a change in your life. And the one thing that you will do is you'll pay attention to what God has to say. Um, it, it says that, okay, we do this this way. How do we do this? By the renewing of our mind. New, renewing means to make new, to, to change also. Why? That we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The problem in the religious world, and I dare say probably in the church today, is that we have forgotten that God has all the answers. But we can't come up with answers, you know. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17, Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then... We could spend another sermon talking about this here, but I want to move on to what I really want to talk about. In Colossians 1, uh, the first four verses, here the Apostle Paul again is saying to us some things that are very good for us. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And that's why I'm like, what about my daily life, you know? Am I, am I spending the time thinking in my daily life what I can do for God? If you be risen with the Christ. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Set your mind on things of God and not on things of the earth. For, your, for you died. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. For you died. Don't live in this world. You die to this world. You live in Christ. That's what Paul said. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then we will appear with him in glory. Okay? And then, uh, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, Isaac read this uh, last Sunday or Sunday before, when he got up to read the scripture. He said, Be ye unmovable. Let me, let me get to that scripture that I don't leave any word out. It's so good. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Do you hear that? Now, now he didn't just say that to the elders. He didn't just say that to the preacher. He didn't say that just to the deacons. And he didn't say it just to the youth. He said it to every one of us. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Well, so we're transformed. We seek things above. We abound in his work. If we understand what he has done for us, maybe it would be easier for us to do these things. Maybe that's what it is. You know what I found out? That my children don't sometimes do what I want them to do because they don't understand the sacrifices I made that they could be where they are. If they could understand that, they might better be willing to say, hey, you know what? I might ought to be paying attention here. 
Well, I, I want to go first. I want to establish this in our minds. And I know you know this, but you got to get this in your mind. The Word of God is our source of learning. In Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the Word of God. In Hebrews 4, 12, the Word of God is so powerful, it can divide. We had that in our class this morning. It's so powerful, it can make divisions in our lives. In James 1, 22, be ye doers of the Word, not hearers only. Okay, then, if we're going to do the Word, we have to hear it. And in Psalms Chapter 19 and verse 7, the Word of God is perfect, converting the soul. Okay? And that, doesn't, that didn't mean out soul winning totally. That means our soul. The Word of God is perfect, converting our soul. Okay, now that we have established that, because listen, we have a world full of people that goes to the Word of God at the last time thing. That's the last thing they do to figure out what's right or wrong. They reason out, try to, with worldly reason. And many people, they'll even say, yes, I know the Word says that, but you know what? Let's just not get into it over some of them details, you know? But the Word of God is so important to be able to establish what God wants for our life. Listen, living for God is not something that will hurt your life. It is not something that hurts your life. In Ephesians chapter 1, I want to do some study. I want to do the last few minutes of our study because our time is flying. I want to do that in the book of Ephesians. The Apostle Paul here is dealing with um, the fact that many people were thinking that since the Jews were God's chosen people, that they had a leg up. They had, they had something up on the Gentiles, okay? But, but they didn't have. Paul's going to make that clear. And you and I are Gentiles. I think most of us. I don't know of any Jewish descendants in here. Some of them may be. I don't know. But we're Gentiles. And so we need to be really, really thankful for what, this, what God has done here. And, he, and Paul talks about it. He said, just in verse 4 of chapter 1, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons of Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. What He said there was, you know, okay, so you believe in predestination. That isn't what He's saying. He said that God had in His mind this plan of salvation long before we ever came about or before, even at that time, before anyone was thought of, how He was going to redeem man by giving His Son upon the cross. And so... In, in that sense, it was predestined that good people that obey Him will be saved. And it's also that we are adopted. You ever talk to adopted people that have good parents? They are so thankful 
You know, I saw on TV the other day this one girl was for the first time, her mother wanted to be involved in her life at the wedding for the first time. But she had been adopted by a really nice couple. And she said, they're my mom and dad. Do you, do you know what they've done for me since you let them have me? And that's the way we need to be with Jesus and with God. Do you know what God has done for us as Gentiles? We're going to learn they were without hope. In Him we have redemption, verse 7, through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure which He purposed in Himself. Here is the point He's making too. He's making this. You feel insignificant or you feel unimportant? You are not with God. Let me tell you how important you were. Before you were even thought of, centuries ago, Jesus died on the cross so that Austin can be saved. And I could just go on down the line. So that all the way, all over the auditorium, we could be saved. And he's going to say in here, you know, Jesus thought so much of us, he actually is going to let us be part of his heavenly realm. That's just how much he thinks of us. See, he's wanting us to see what God has done. So that when God says to us, forsake not the assembly, we're like, hey, you know what? That heavenly being that created everything, he did so much for me, I will not, I will not miss a chance to worship him. Okay. That in the dispensation of the fullness of times that he might gather together one in all things in Christ, both of which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. See, we're part of that heavenly thing. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to his counsel, of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted, He said, after that you heard the Word. You heard the Word, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which He says is the down payment that God has made that we are going to be saved. He said that's, that's a given. If you've obeyed Him and you have the Spirit of God, God give that for a down payment that I will fulfill my promise. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in Jesus and your love for the saints, He said, I cease not to give thanks. He said, that your eyes of understanding being enlightened, that you may know that what is the hope of His calling? What are the riches of of the glory of his inheritance to the saints. You haven't gotten bored yet, have you? Have you lost me? Or have I lost you? Listen to the great unsearchable riches that are he's talking about here. 
And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at the right hand, and made him above everything. And verse 22 says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus, what he said here, and let's make this personal. Jesus is the head of this community of people that we're, we're in, we're with. Jesus is the head. Jesus that said that the Bible says through him all things were created. Through him all things were created. Listen, nobody has anything on any of us that are children of God if they have half of the world because we have Jesus as our head. That, when, when it's all over, that's what's left now here in this world. Okay. Let me, let me see my notes here. In Ephesians chapter 2, that's what I wanted to point out to you. He said in verse 11, he said, or verse 12, For at that time, talking about the previous time back, you were without Christ. That's when you were not under the law because you were Gentile. You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope without God in the world. But listen to what he says over here. But now, therefore, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. That's us. Okay, he's talking to us, too. Because we are the Gentile, but fellow citizens with saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Now listen to this one. In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom we are together as a dwelling place for God. Now, and this this is the point I'm making, and you probably already know it. You're probably way ahead of me. But... If you ever tire of doing God's will, think about what it's all about. He, the Son of God, is your, he's, he's your leader. The one that created everything and can take everything away and will someday take everything away. He's your leader. He's my leader. He's all of our leaders. Listen to what Paul said. I wish I had the faith of Paul. He said, For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the reason I bow, he said, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, and that he would grant us according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened, that we might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that being rooted and grounded in love, we might be able to comprehend 
Well, you remember what I said earlier? I said that since I've been here, there's been a lot to go through the congregation and have gone out back to the world, lost to the world. Some of our very own families, you know, have done that. And he's praying for them. He said that you might be able to understand what you have. You had, you had difficulties in your life? There are no difficulties that should draw you away from God. No matter how unhappy we become with things in this life, nothing draws us away from God. Okay? For whatever that's worth, I hope that helps. You know, the disciples came to him, and I believe Peter was the one in Matthew chapter 19 when he said, you know, we've left all to follow you. What are we going to get out of this? And you go over and you read that. He said, listen, don't, don't think I didn't know that. I've made a note of that. Any of you made what you think sacrifices for God? God has made a note of that. He knows. And he told them, he said, I know what you've done. And it will be, you will be blessed. You will be repaid. You will be rewarded for it. Don't be afraid to make some sacrifices for God. The creator of the universe said that I was important. He said, uh, you know, we won't be disappointed in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 10. Some of, some of you too, let me tell you, some of you are here and you're none of your family is supporting you. But don't give up on God. You stay in there, okay? We won't be disappointed. He said, I'll give you a crown of life. I'm going to give you a crown. If you'll be faithful to death, I'm going to give you a crown of life. Okay. Another thing that I want to hit before I finish here is that if you want to enrich your life, you pick out somebody and teach the gospel too. I'm serious. I think sometimes we're thinking about ourselves too much. In Proverbs 11.30, it says, The Word of God is wise, converting the soul. Share the Word of God with somebody. Share the Word of God with somebody. The greatest thing in the world is that parents share the Word of God with their children. Okay? That's the greatest thing. That's the greatest thing you can inherit. From If your parents taught you God's will, you just be so If they give you nothing else. If they give you nothing else, you just be so thankful. Okay. I hope it's been a blessing to you. Um, if you're not a Christian, you don't have this hope. You don't have this hope. i got a brother that's almost 76 and has never obeyed the gospel. He's a good man. Many ways, good man, many ways. Knows the truth. Would argue with you over what the Bible says. He knows 
You need to today. You need to repent of your sins and act on that faith by being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, the world's not teaching that. But baptism is a reenactment of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. That's what it is. You go down into the water, you're raised to walk in the newness of life. Romans chapter 6 says, You need to do that. If you're a child of God and you've wandered away, then. Come as we stand.